Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Barfield. And I'm Josiah Jones. And this is the Christ Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. We hope our show will encourage, challenge, and uplift you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In today's episode, we talk about the world around us, discuss the latest sermon, read some scripture, and as always, we'll spend time praying for you. So let's get to it. (laughs) That's good. Coffee spill and everything, but we are here, everybody. I've got coffee spilled Mm -hmm. all over my desk, but that's okay. We are ready to go for a podcast. Excited for this episode. So excited I spilled my coffee, right, Josiah? (laughs) Ready, yeah. Ready or not, (laughs) here we come. Yeah, oh well. Uh, Thanks for being here, folks. Great to have you with us. Um, Always excited for another episode of the podcast. Excited about what God is doing at Christ Community Church and around the world, and uh, it's great to be a part of it. Uh, Josiah, big win for the Colts this weekend, huh? How about yes. that? Yes. What are we, 8-3 and three now? Yeah. Uh, well, I think we're, it's 8-4. Eight 8-4. And four, eight and four. Isn't it? Oh. Talk about what God's doing. I think there, <laughs> that, there was divine intervention right. in that game. Well, Frank Reich, I mean, Ooh. he's a fellow believer, well, so yeah, it's got to be God's work, he right? Was, yeah, he was president of the, of, uh, the seminary uh, I gr- yeah. graduated So from, you're basically so. on the team. That's yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. You're pretty the, much. Frank and I are pretty tight. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, big uh, big game. Um, but, you know, I, I ran out to, during the game to pick up a pizza for dinner, and when I got back, everyone's like, what a play! It's amazing! Yes. It sealed the deal! It's luck! And I'm like, oh, I missed I missed whatever whatever just happened. I That's what I was saying. You missed yeah. divine intervention. Yeah. The center <laughs> did, had a bad snap. It yeah. wasn't looking good. And so, yeah. when well, God's people pray, I Yes, tell you I guess that's what it is. <laughs> well, no, I, we... Let's uh, get off of sports, too. Okay, well, yeah, maybe yeah. not too quickly, because it, after that, it was downhill for me. Having grown up in Philadelphia, uh, I was an Eagles fan, and uh, they tanked again, so yeah. they lost afterwards. And then after that, I lived in, of course, I lived in uh, Colorado for quite a while, and then the Broncos also didn't yeah. do so well against the Chiefs. Yeah. So started off on a good note with the Colts, and um, anyway. So, but, but Washington beat. That's true. That's true. They the beat the Steelers, yeah. the undefeated. So, so the, uh, the, what is it, the 72 Dolphins, they're still the only undefeated uh, team. So, All right, now, done with sports, everybody. Thanks for hanging with <laughs> us. We had to get that off our chest. Uh, so second Sunday of Advent, this last Sunday, what a blessing it was to be at Christ Community Church. Uh, both services were a blessing. I hope you were uh, able to join us either in person or online. Um, and, uh, Josiah, why don't you just give us a rundown of your sermon? It was called In the Beginning. Yes. Talk about that. Yes. Well, uh, you know, John is unique of the other gospel accounts in where he starts. He starts at the beginning. Yeah. And not just, as I mentioned in the sermon, not just the beginning, uh, of Jesus' ministry, uh, where uh, Mark uh, more does, or mm-hmm. the beginning even with conception, you know, mm-hmm. or, uh, where Luke, uh, or even beginning with prophecy, like the Old Testament, but at the beginning of everything. Right. And suggested that John does that, because if we're really to understand and appreciate who Jesus is and what he has done for it to make sense, he wants to take us back to the beginning before anything 
was. That remind yeah, that's awesome, and it reminded me of a uh, a, a quote, <laughs> a saying that one of my pr- professors in seminary said. It was profound, uh, and by profound, I mean not really. He said, "The beginning <laughs> of things tells us stuff." <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of things tell us stuff. And I think that's so true because you go to Genesis. Genesis tells us a lot in Genesis 1 through 3. You yes. get that wrong, yes. the rest of the story doesn't make sense. Yeah. You get first John or John 1 wrong, and John doesn't make much sense. Yeah. So it really does. It goes back to the beginning of all things, before the yes. beginning of the yes. universe. In the beginning, Genesis says God, and John mm-hmm. says, in the beginning, the Word. That's right. It's awesome. So, and of course, the, and then he follows it up with the word was yes, God. Yes. Yeah. So that's what, when we go back to the beginning, we see who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. He is God the Son. He's the eternal word who reveals the Father, and he is the agent of all creation. Which was your first yes. sermon point, who yes. Jesus is. And because that's who he is, he's able to give life and light. He's able to reveal God, who God is, mm-hmm. and who we are are, who we were created to be, and also what he's come to recreate us and make us to be. Um, and he's able to give life as the one through whom everything that has life owes its uh, life to uh, in creation. So in the new creation, he's able to give new life mm-hmm. and bring about the new creation because he is uh, the agent both of creation and recreation. Yeah, he came on a mission. Um, yeah. I was speaking at a missions conference one time, and um, I may have stolen this question from somebody else. I don't know. But I asked the people that were listening, I said, who's the greatest missionary of all time? You know, of course, this is a trick question. And, yes. And, you know, some people say, like, oh, William Carey or um, Jonathan Goforth or Gladys Allward or, or yeah, any of these famous characters that, we, that we've read about for years, and David Brainerd or something like that. And uh, Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul, right? Great, all great missionaries and people. You it would be awesome to pattern pattern our lives after. And I'm like, well, it's a trick question, everybody. Jesus was the greatest missionary ever because he came from a radically different culture (laughs) into a radically different culture and with a mission to save. Um, And so he really uh, was the greatest missionary ever. You know, um, it's a bit. It's a question that's a bit on the nose, but I think you get the point. Was he? He didn't just come to give a a moral display or just to point the way. He was the way. Like he is the way. That's that's why he came. He came with a mission. Uh, Which then your second point of of the sermon. uh, What was that? Want to remind us of that? Yes. So he came to give. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. uh, Life and light. Right. And light. Uh, to address, so I started with life, to address the fundamental uh, condition, human condition, which is that of being dead in trespasses and sins. Mm-hmm. And so we often uh, try to to give ourselves a makeover, and the, the kind of graphic picture that <laughs> I gave yes, is that's great. like a corpse yeah. trying to get a makeup job. I mean, it yeah. doesn't solve... Right, the problem. I um, thought you were going to say lipstick on a pig. That's what uh, I when you when you set up this, <laughs> the illustration in the in the sermon. I thought he was going to say, "Oh, put a lipstick on a pig," uh, but you didn't. Instead, you went graphic with a yeah with a corpse. But it was it made sense. I, I but and even more to think that we could fix our problem mm-hmm. is like a, a corpse resuscitating. Right. It's not. It's impossible. But there is one who's able to make the dead. Alive, right, and it's ultimately mm-hmm. the one who came and took on human flesh so that he could 
pay the wages for our sin, experience death himself, and because he was without sin, overcome it, and uh, uh, be raised from the dead, and so give life to all who trust in him. So mm-hmm. he's able to take corpses and to make us alive. That's one reason I love the story of, of Lazarus and how Jesus raised him from the dead, because the text uh, in John uh, goes on goes to detail saying that he was dead. He was very yes. dead, three yes. days dead. It's very obvious that Lazarus yes. was dead uh, to the point where people were uh, weeping, and when Jesus um, um, came, they kind of berated him for not coming sooner. And um, I love the fact that Lazarus could do nothing to raise himself. Yeah. He was dead, and Jesus said, come forth, and Lazarus came forth. Jesus' words create life. Yes. Um, and... You know, if you look at Ephesians 2, dead in trespasses and sin, you're at the bottom of the ocean, dead, not able to breathe. And what, But when Jesus speaks, life comes. And uh, I think that, that um, it's just so exciting to hear the story of, uh, or the going back to the beginning and seeing Jesus is the life and the light, um, to think about how his creative words don't, didn't just make the universe around us, that, you know, the physical things that we see and can experience and, and test uh but he also creates life in souls. Yes, yes. And the second part of that, he also gives life. So there's life. There's a close connection between life and light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think if we t- pull back and do some theology, it's uh, he quickens us. To, he brings life, and and with that life that he gives comes understanding. Right. So that we see. Um, uh, we see God for who He is. We see ourselves for who we are, our need, and trust in Jesus, um, and so uh, uh, begin to understand ourselves and our world and God um, aright. You know, uh, your sermon also reminded me of an illustration I heard one time, and um, and I think it was John Piper that said it. I'm not sure, but. Um, the illustration was used bugs, and um, he was trying to illustrate how um, evil is scattered by light. And when you go down to an old furnace room or a basement and you flip a light on, all these creatures, these bugs, these yeah. you know spiders, whatever, they flee from the light, right? I mean, yes. that's what that's what the light does when 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 Jesus shines his light, it scatters darkness. The darkness doesn't comprehend it. And I thought, oh, that's a great illustration, but it's just a little bit short. It comes up a little bit short to me because there are some bugs that are drawn to the light. And when you turn the light on, you know, whether it's a moth or a lightning bug or, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever kind of a fly or something, they're drawn to that light. And I think that's a great illustration for the difference between people that are lost in their in, in sin and people yes. that are uh, have already been brought into the kingdom of, of God's beloved Son. We're drawn to yes. the source of light, which so is Jesus. So the central point of the gospel is, be transformed from a cockroach into a moth. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what? We could just end the show right there. That's perfect. That's right. Don't be... It don't makes be a, sense now. Yeah. <laughs> be a moth. A lunar moth. Yeah. No, I... I the illustration, I think, you know, I'm sure it falls apart at some point, but it's um, it's helpful because, um, you know, we want to be drawn to the light. Yes. And left to ourselves, we can't do that. Yeah. Um, but wow, when Jesus comes after us, we can't do anything but that. Yes. There is, and that is the beautiful when when Christ gives us life, mm-hmm. we, his life within us, then there is, we're attracted to the light. Otherwise, 
the the picture of the cockroach uh, mm-hmm. is because of you know of our sin we run from the light because right. the light exposes us mm-hmm. but when we come to know God for who he is and uh, his grace then um the light we're drawn to the light yes it exposes our sin but it also reveals to us God's provision in Christ right and you mentioned how the the gospel shines light on the dark places of our souls and um you know, I'm thinking that the only religion where that makes sense is Christianity, because only in the safety of the gospel would you ever want a dark place of your soul, re- yeah. you know, uh, revealed. But when you're, when you're safe in the gospel, knowing that Jesus is a way better Savior than we are sinners, then it's okay. Yeah. It's okay that um, to come, as David would say, uh, broken and contrite before God, because... Yes. He already knows, yes. <laughs> you know, um, and he's already made atonement for it. And that's that's the gospel. That's what we can celebrate. Amen. All right, so let's let's put on our philosophical hats for a moment. Because <laughs> <All right. laughs> hey, it's your fault. You brought up Bertrand <laughs> Russell in the sermon. Um, some of you know Bertrand Russell. He was a, a 20th century philosopher in or at Cambridge Trinity College, and. Um, Colorful character. Actually, he was more of a mathematician um, than he was a philosopher, but he kind of became a, a philosopher eventually, or at least well known for it. And one of his um, main, oh, I don't know, things that he became well known for was this little book that he wrote called Why I Am Not a Christian. Um, and it can kind of sound intimidated by here, you know, here's this philosopher and he wrote a book, Why I'm Not a Christian, like a, a full frontal attack. Uh, but it's really just uh, the old atheism that's rehashed every few decades or so, and it's you know you can see Christopher Hitchens or Richard Dawkins, all, same same stuff, just yes. re- rehashed. Um, but in the sermon, you, you quoted at length um, one of his one of his uh, lines: "Only on the firm foundation of unyielding despair can the soul's habitation henceforth be safely built." So unyielding despair according to Russell, must be the foundation on which we build our souls. So my question to you, Reverend Josiah, (laughs) why is he wrong? I mean, so many people do have this utter despair every day of their lives. Why should they believe what Christianity has to offer over what Bertrand Russell offers? What say you? Yes. Well, let's let's stay on the shallow end. (laughs) Yeah, we went went for Um, it. Very good question. First of all, I think it's it's important here to point out, even in the two things that he combines, that there's an obvious problem: firm foundation, mm-hmm. unyielding despair. Firm foundation for what? Yeah, is it, that you call that a firm foundation? No thanks. Mm-hmm. That's really not uh, something uh, a firm foundation at all. But even in his words, you recognize as he's talk about unyielding despair and basically cut off any foundation for life having meaning and per- ultimate meaning and purpose, he still wants a firm foundation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's, he's guilty he's, of his own crime, in yes, other words. Yes, he is. So in reality, he's cut off the ability to know anything for sure. Um, uh, if, if your thoughts are merely the product of chemical reactions that take place within your mm-hmm. uh, uh, brain, you can't have confidence in anything. 
mm-hmm. uh, that you believe, except for that one thing that he said, right? Like that's always the exception. It, it's you know, it, logically, it's called begging the question. Yeah, you assume what you're trying to prove. You know, he's. It's a logical fallacy uh, to say that you can't have a foundation except for this one foundation that yeah. I'm I'm picking out of thin air. <laughs> yeah, In, uh, even when I've suggested that there's no basis mm-hmm. <laughs> for right. it. Uh, um, so he cuts off the limb that he's wanting yes. to sit on. Um, but the reality is, what he shows is it's just even instinctively when he's seeking to undermine um, confidence in kind of apps. Uh, absolute truth, he's still seeking it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and and so the Christian worldview can make sense of that because we're created in the image of God as uh, creatures who can, uh, uh, who who have instinctively a, a, um, a desire to know and, and right. uh, to make sense of things and to have a firm foundation. So in, in effect, what the Christian faith uh, offers is says, look at the uh, the naturalistic worldview. It doesn't provide a framework or, or for foundation, mm-hmm. but unyielding despair, which is not a firm foundation. Um, so, in effect, what what the Christian worldview uh, says is, try on the Christian worldview for size, and you'll see this provides uh, a, a foundation for. Mm-hmm making sense of your life and of the world and of morality. Um, And so it's like, um, it's uh, like offering uh, lenses Mm -hmm. that you put on. And once you put the lenses on, you say, ah, I can see clearly now versus, uh, you know, being, uh, having a, poor eyesight and then being told here this will help you see and you put on and there's pitch blackness uh that's in effect saying the equivalent of i think what uh russell is doing when he talks about let's give you a firm foundation of unyielding despair yeah so (laughs) which it's funny because it's no better why not just pick um uh, unyielding joy as a firm foundation or unyielding whatever you know he happened to pick one thing that because everyone was experiencing it around him especially or excuse me especially uh one of his students uh ludwig wittgenstein which he was one of his main counselors and tried to get uh pull wittgenstein out of the despair that he was going through right so they're all experiencing despair so he's like well this must be the uh unyielding foundation right and I'm like, well, you could have just gone back a few centuries or millennia and picked the Epicureans and said, well, unyielding pleasure is our foundation, right? I mean, it's just arbitrary uh, what he chose and happened to be what everyone was experiencing. And this is, it's funny because he was an analytic philosopher, uh, but he shared the same experience with the existential philosophers of despair when, you know, Sartre killed himself uh, because of the nausea, et cetera. Um, but anyway, it's interesting because what I or what I think is interesting to to segue or to tie into what you said, um, Christianity accounts for utter despair, for unyielding despair. That's one of the beauties of Christianity. There are Christians that have unyielding despair, and but it doesn't stop there. We can go somewhere with that. Christianity pulls us through that, or whatever illustration you, you, you want to use. Go to the Psalms, Psalm 42. David said, why are you cast down, O my soul? Okay, well, 
Christianity has speaks to that and what we can uh, what Jesus has done for our, our unyielding despair. That's one reason Christianity is such is such a beautiful thing is because it accounts for the very things that people say yes. proves it wrong. Um, and uh, you know, so I, I love the Psalms. Just one of the main reasons I love the Psalms is because it does it, it speaks to un um, unyielding despair and counsels us in that despair. Yes, it makes sense of why we um, uh, we know this is not how it was intended to be. So right. you have an right. overarching picture, Genesis understanding of reality of the way things were meant to be, and so that's the reason why when things are not as they're intended to be, we instinctively know this is not right. Something, and yet, yeah, something went horribly wrong. And yeah. I think when you get um, when you get a picture of Genesis one to three then it all makes sense. That's kind of why I hinted at it before. Uh, we know that the story went askew um, because, you know, God recorded Genesis 1 to 3 for us. And we know that Jesus came as a second Adam to make it right. And that's what we're celebrating at Christmas, which is cool. Awesome. Next up, we want to spend a few moments in God's Word. We know that the Word of God shapes us. It builds us up. It edifies us by revealing Jesus to us, so we know that every ounce of it is crucial to listen to, to meditate on. So, Josiah, what passage will you be reading for us today? Dave, let's spend some time focusing our hearts on believing in this Jesus, having faith in Him. We're going to read Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 6. Here is God's Word. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, Though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Josiah, what stands out to you today from that text? Well, Dave, uh, we've just been talking about um, uh, the Christian worldview some, Mm -hmm. and I think uh, one verse in particular which says, uh, by faith we understand, and it goes on to say that the universe was created by the Word of God. So to use a fancy term, here you see an example of uh, a, a sound epistemology, mm, a epistemology. way of knowing, mm-hmm. of course, the, uh, the term that philosophers use right. for knowing. Mm-hmm. At, notice here it's by faith, faith, uh, seeking understanding, as St. Mm-hmm. Uh, Augustine said, I believe in order to see or in order to understand. Mm-hmm. So uh, here, in effect, it's like um, God comes to us as we 
because of sin, our eyes have been uh, darkened so that things we don't see things clearly. Mm-hmm. And God says, here's my revealed truth uh, through the Scriptures, ultimately through the person of my son Jesus. Mm-hmm. Put these glasses on, and when you put them on through faith, you see. Mm-hmm. You make You begin to see how things fit together. Mm-hmm. Um, what um, we were intended for and uh, 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 make sense of the world and our lives. So that's that's one of the things that stands out, particularly as it pertains to what we've been talking about. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's further proof that we have a rational faith. It's not just a blind leap uh, like some uh, philosophers accuse us of. There's a rational side to our faith that, um, uh, well, it's obvious. I mean, right here, by faith we understand God has given us reasons to believe, and then when He works in our hearts and we believe, then we get the Christian <laughs> glasses. You know, you mentioned putting on these glasses. It's not that we were neutral beforehand and had no glasses. Everybody yeah. has glasses on of yes. some kind, right? Even an yes. atheist, they have atheistic glasses it's called presuppositions, right? Everyone has yeah. glasses, a perspective, a worldview, and God in His almighty power takes our dead perspective and gives us faith like we see yes. here in Hebrews 11. And, and I love that verse, the last verse that you read, uh, verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please Him. It's not like faith is some little add-on <laughs> to, to our Christian experience, right? Yeah. You better have it, or you can't please Him. Um, and, and then he goes on to, to give the promise or the, the benefit, right? Uh, for whoever would draw near to God first must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who seek Him. How awesome is that? There's a, there's a promise, there's a blessing uh, to believing. It's not just, you know, we, um, uh, like God is some kind of despot that forces us to himself. Uh, he attracts us with this yes. irresistible attractant <laughs> and, and rewards us for believing yes. in him. And what's the ultimate reward? Those who seek him, the, it, what's implicit is the ultimate reward is God himself. Yeah, you get him. Yeah. You get the one whom we were made for. Yeah who is the source of life and joy and deepest satisfaction. So to kind of bring that picture to a close, as you mentioned, we all are wearing glasses. And so what Jesus does is he says, listen, the glasses that you're uh, wearing, uh, we've been talking about naturalism, right? Mm -hmm. They're like a muddy, broken glasses where uh, where we're not, we can't see and make sense of, uh, of our lives and of our world. There's still, because of what we refer to as common grace, there's still um, a reality that, that shines through. But but Jesus then says, let me take your muddy, uh, cracked, distorted glasses and mm-hmm. let me give you the revelation of who God is and who you were created to be and what I've provided so that you could be who you are created to be and as you put those on, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And as you, uh, through the eyes of faith, seek me, mm-hmm. I'm going to reward you with that which we most need with God himself. Mm-hmm. I'll reward you with myself. Yeah, I love that, that the reward for seeking him is him. Yes. That's cool. Amen.
As we close, we want to pray for you. We know that God works through prayer. It's one of his ordained means to accomplish his will. So, Josiah, why don't you go first, and then I'll close us in prayer. Gladly. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have not left us in uh, death and darkness, uh, but you have sent forth your only begotten Son to reveal uh, you to us, to reveal who you are and who we were made to be as those created in your image and the provision of grace that you have made so that we might be remade, renewed in uh, the image and likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you that as you, by the wonderful work of your Holy Spirit through the gospel, give us eyes to see, you draw us to Jesus that we might have in him life, and that abundantly, that we might seek you and be rewarded with the greatest gift and greatest treasure, uh, namely yourself. Lord, I pray that during this Advent season, you would be uh, giving us clearer and clearer vision uh, of you and of ourselves and of your purposes for us uh, in this world for time and for eternity. And as you renew us, would you uh, be empowering us uh, to be lights that shine brightly, that reflect uh, the glory of our Savior, Jesus? And would you be working through us to draw others to him? Uh, would you be taking off uh, the, the, the broken lenses that uh, obscure uh, uh, the view of you and ourselves and the world and enable us to see through gospel lenses uh, the truth and the beauty of uh, who you are and who you've made for us to be. We pray in Jesus' name. And Father, we just give you praise um, for what you already have, have done in our lives to give us that life to give us light so that we can see Jesus uh, for who he is and become more and more like him. Lord, this, we, this is not our own doing, so we give you praise and thanks for it. Uh, we don't deserve it, um, and yet you and your grace uh, and your love and ha had mercy on us and uh, shined Jesus into our souls yes. and made us alive. And this is uh, an incredible truth that we're celebrating at Christmas time. And, um, we get perhaps caught up in the beginning of the story with Jesus coming as a baby, um, but he came as a baby for a purpose, to be to, on mission, uh, yes. to seek and to save that which was lost. And so we thank you for, for um, being so determined to go after those that are lost. And Lord, we pray now for uh, our church as we try to shine Jesus' light and his life into this area, uh, in uh, the Indianapolis area. We pray that that would happen during this time. Lord, we pray for visitors to come through our doors. Yes. We pray for visitors to find us online, that they would uh, see Jesus, that they would be drawn to the light, not yes. scattered, but drawn to the light, and that you would create life 
in their souls and um, take away the unyielding despair that we talked about yes. uh, and give them the uh, unending joy that we know is possible because of Jesus. Lord, these are big things, and um, it's perhaps easy to say, uh, to, to pray them because they're so big and just kind of, we can cast them out there, but we really mean it, we really want it, and we want you to yes, work, Lord. and so we, we plead fervently that you would do this, and uh, that you would send forth laborers, too, into this area, uh, to neighbors, uh, to community centers, to gyms, to workplaces, send forth laborers into the, that harvest, uh, and bring uh, people out of the darkness into the light. We pray that that would happen during this Christmas season, and we do it all for you, ask it all for your glory, the glory of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and we ask it in his name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for listening. If you've enjoyed this, we invite you to share it with family and friends to learn more about our church. Visit us online at ChristCommunityCarmel.org, and if you're in the Indianapolis area, we'd love to have you join us on a Sunday morning. And join us again next week for the Christ Community Podcast. Until then, the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Amen. And God bless.